Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Motherfucking mini-episode. Mini-episode. Motherfucking mini-episode. Doo-doo brown, doo-doo brown. Greetings to little mamas and Gentiles alike. There it is, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another phenomenal episode of My Mama Told Me. The podcast where we dive deep into the pockets of black conspiracy theories. And we finally work to prove the theories that you motherfuckers have at home is a motherfucking mini Amazon. Yeah, I like that. I like yeah. whatever that is, wherever you went there, <laughs> go there more. That was, that was okay. good. Just living that, that church. Yeah. That, uh-huh, but like kind of nasty church. Yeah, nasty church. <laughs> <laughs> and if they would have offered that to me, I might have stayed a little more religious for longer, you know? I think the thing is, it is it's all nasty church. It's just coded language. You didn't know. Because mm. mm. people have sex at church. They do. They do have sex in church. They talk about sex a, a fair amount of church. They're desperate for you to find a person to have sex with permanently. There, there is a nasty quality about church that that sort of goes unrecognized. I've always wished that I could tap into it too. You ever, you know, like you, you ever been in a social situation where you're like, damn, I didn't even know all these people were fucking. That's uh, that's how it feels like at church. I have a homie. Who revealed to me he's a he's a very cool person who who be having like cool ass events and shit. Right, and, right. And he revealed to me that uh that him and his lady be fucking like incorporating others in the fucking and shit. And I was like, oh, that that makes a lot more sense because sometimes I find myself feeling like a loser because like all the friends that I can call are like other dweebs and and men my age and shit and now you know what i mean it's like <laughs> game night isn't sexy anymore it's just like people i care about and Was it's it not sexy before game night I, I think in my mind it could have been it could have been like a horny experience where i get uh, to invite 
I get to invite the most beautiful women I know and we all play Scrabble together and and it's it's wet and and the words are erotic and shit. You know what I mean? Like it could have been a sexy time. I don't know what you mean. I know what you mean in that this is the most this is the most Langston fantasy I've ever heard. <laughs> you invite a bunch of I assume dimes over Bad to, play, bitches, bro. to play Scrabble. <laughs> <laughs> Super Scrabble. Let's make that game long. <laughs> I scored nut on a triple word score. <laughs> Oops, did I get a little nut on you? <laughs> hey, we all got our things. We all got our things. Come on, bro. man. We all have our fantasies, and, yeah. and that wouldn't. I I think my point is to say you realize how many people are sort of like living in an erotic version of a life that you are not necessarily accessing. One hundred percent. It's like it sucks too because you're like, damn, how did I like? Are you ever been to a comedy festival and you're like, everybody's like, what? Oh, y'all all just fucked each other. Yeah, I okay. didn't even. I thought we were. Yeah, I, was I thought we were co-workers. Yeah, I was singing Flow Rider at karaoke. I didn't know people were sending vibes like. Yeah. <laughs> I, okay. But then you leave the festival and you're like, thank God I didn't do that. Oh, my God. For the, real. That would have been, been a nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been the worst thing that could have happened. <laughs> and now I got to, like, help you when you come to the city and figure out, like, uh, places you can go up. No, oh, I'm good. God. Oh, God. We got to pretend like we actually know each other. Yeah, no, I'm good. I don't want that nightmare. Let's just let's just stay uh, stay comrades in this shit. Yeah. But if you don't if you don't do comedy, you can come over for Scrabble anytime. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody play Scrabble with my boy. I gotta. Yeah. I just want to see it happen. You know what I mean? I got the good one too. That's on. I got the one. It's like on the Lazy Susan. Oh, like a pivot. I because I love Scrabble. I'm a big. Oh, you can spin your shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's funny that you brought it up, and I I, I proceeded to chastise you. I was about to say you really shamed me hard, yeah, as yeah. if as if you weren't sitting there with the Ultron of Scrabbles. Yeah, I think you know what hurts about it is like sometimes people come over and I try to get scrabble not even sexy scrabble going just like i just try to get scrabble going and i've been Bro, shot down a lot of times it's the i would say of the board games it is the hardest game to to start you right. know what i mean like in a group to be like y'all we should play scrabble everybody's immediate instinct is fuck no i don't want to play scrabble That's but they're epic. wrong it's and, so fun and, yeah it's the best game if you just let it let it happen Man, I'm glad that we've bonded on this because, yeah, I brought it up like, oh, so you guys want to, and everybody, people laugh at me like I'm crazy. Yeah. And it's like, no, first of all, don't really make you feel low. <laughs> yeah. You came to my house. Don't. <laughs> like... <laughs> They'll make you feel real low. Like you just, like you just shit yourself. And it's like, I, guys, I didn't, I didn't do anything wrong here. No, I wanted us to have a fun time. Excuse me. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm yeah. sorry. <laughs> Is the football game not over? Are we not just sitting around talking about bullshit anyways? Scrabble's a tough one to get started. Uh, Monopoly's a tough one to get started. Right. And it's the best. It's such a fun fucking game if you just let it be. It's you know so I mean? long, though, is the only thing. Also, yeah. how black is the Monopoly that you play? 
We uh, <laughs> we in college instated sort of like a separate set of rules that right. I think uh, advanced the monopoly into a blacker sp- space. So, like, for example, the person who uh, and this is probably problematic at this point, but but I don't know, nigga, we had fun. Uh, <laughs> but uh, the person who was losing had to wear a quote unquote bum hat, which meant that you had to. You had to like put your hat on, but but tilt it as far to the side as possible so that it was hanging off. Oh, I like and any, that. And anytime you like spoke out of turn or were doing something wrong, somebody richer could smack you in the face. <laughs> <laughs> and whoever had the most money could put on stunner shades at the time. So you had to keep a, an active account of like your money and your earnings. Because you had to change outfits at, at various points, and you could get smacked in the face. Man, that is great. It's like it's like you were in a different world. Yeah, no, nah, we were having a good time, man. That, yeah, that's a, <laughs> that's a good way to do it. Because you gotta like, yeah, you gotta you gotta flex. That's one of the best parts about my Monopoly. Yeah, and stealing. Sometimes my boy, he 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 was like a I go to church every week, ass nigga in college. A uh, previous to college, but I think part of it's, you know, that culture carries through. So he right. wasn't going every week, but he sort of like still kept all of his church clothes and like things that sort of like identified with this part of his former life. That said, he had like these big ass suit jackets <laughs> in the house. So we would sometimes put those on along with the stunner shades when you were winning. So you look like a, a cool Rick Ross type businessman. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good time. I, you're, yeah, you're, we were having a blast. You're glowing just at the memories and and nobody will let me do it anymore and that's a tragedy i'd say yeah that's too bad your wife and your wife doesn't ever i mean you can't play two person it's like two person that's the problem you don't want to play two person monopoly and we do sometimes have friends over who come for like game nights and shit but they're we play different sort of like games and it would be hard to sort of i think introduce monopoly Given the the more comp- complex games were already, what are you playing like Power Grid or like Settlers of Catan and shit? We play Settlers sometimes. We play honestly the game we play the most is this game called Villainous, which uh, which it's gonna sound bad when I tell you. I about bet it, it is. You're gonna you're gonna judge me hard <laughs> for it, but I really love Villainous. And if there are any little mamas out there that also love Villainous, go ahead give it a shout out. <laughs> But it's based on the villains of Disney characters. Oh, no. And you, you, it's pretty complex. Oh, is it? Is it? (laughs) It is. Because you have to, each person has their own individual board and like their own individual like objective to like winning the game. And so you have to not only be like working on your own shit, but you also have to be tracking what someone else is doing to make sure that they're not about to win the game and take everything from you. Someone get this jigaboo away from me. (laughs) No, it sounds very interesting. (laughs) Yeah, you clearly don't respect (laughs) villainous, and and that's okay. Uh, That's why we only play it with two pretty specific dudes. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, man, I'm just, I'm, uh, as far as board games, I'm all for, I, I, I like the classics. Yeah, you know we I mean? we have game nights at the house where we invite like all the homies and it's like a big fun playing, you know, it's it, we're playing fucking taboo and like. Right. The, Ooh, the, taboo you know. is my shit. 
Yeah, we play the ones that everybody is like okay with you saying out loud, and then there's like two dudes that we call and we're like, y'all niggas trying to play villainous? What's up? <laughs> you got like the game night reserve, like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> y'all trying to spend three hours pretending to be Jafar? <laughs> oh man, that is beautiful though. I, I I'm gonna check it out, but I don't think that anybody that I have to my house is going. They're not even going for Scrabble, like I said. It's a whole issue. Nah, yeah. If you if you can't get them to play a game they already understand, then uh, they're gonna have a real tough time with this game that requires a fair amount of like explanation and reading before you can even like start the motherfucker. You know what I mean? It feels like you would be open to like a Dungeons and Dragons type of situation. I don't play over there. And, ha! And oh, that's your line. <laughs> I, I, here's where I draw the line. <laughs> Here's where I draw the line. <laughs> All right. I don't want to do improv with the fucking, like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to pretend to be in this world where I got to, like, zip, zap, zap next to right. a, a motherfucker. If the game allows me to be a, a an elf with however many hit points and I just get to move around a board or, like, be active strategizing, I'm down. Yeah, I'll fuck around with any game. But if I got to sit there and go, oh, Lord, how will we overcome the great dragon of Thurston Word? It's like, no, I'll, uh-uh, nope. Push me down. Give me a swirly because now I've embarrassed myself in front of my family. I don't like this. All right. I mean, I'm looking at Villainous. Olivia dropped it in the chat. It does look very complicated. It is very complicated. Yeah. It's like there's it, a lot of stuff. <laughs> there's a lot going on with it. Oh, no. In these pieces, who do you like to be like? Captain Hook? Uh, nah, Captain Hook's not that fun. Who do I like? We Okay, I'm. I, this is going to get pretty embarrassing, too. <laughs> I have literally every expansion pack of yeah. the game. <laughs> like, there is not a character that they've released that I do not own in my home. Uh <laughs> And even worse, the dudes that we play with, uh, they have the Marvel version of oh, this game. Jesus Christ. And and they have expansion packs of their Marvel one. And so uh, I got them all, baby. <laughs> I'm a real ash catch them over here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> oh, man. This is like this is like a, a true hobby. I, I wouldn't call it a hobby. I, I would, would say it's just some cool I, shit I, I do with some cool friends. You said you bought all the expansion packs. That's that's a hobby. Look, you'll find <laughs> this. You'll find this someday that that keeping a marriage alive is a complicated game, and okay. maybe a game more complicated than villainous itself. You know, and <laughs> and sometimes you just have to invest hard <laughs> in things that is going to keep you. Uh, distracted for hours at a time. I feel like this could have creeped its way into your life with or without marriage, though. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I don't really have a rebuttal for that. <laughs> I think I was just trying to scapegoat uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. a little bit of, of the problem, and, and you called my bluff, and touche, bitch. I don't know. It's what do you not, want from me? Yeah, we can, get, we can get to the email. We don't even have to do all this. <laughs> this is all. You, you gave this all on your own accord. We don't. No, you to. you really forced this out of me, and <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty embarrassed. And 
I think we're like 15 minutes into this uh, episode without having even addressed a single conspiracy. So, yeah. so maybe let's just move on. Okay. I just, you know what? I was really embarrassed about the ghost story last episode, so I'm glad that uh, we went tit for tat. I got yeah. my lick back. All right. <laughs> uh- <laughs> Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Does sleeping hot keep you up at night? Meet the Lisa Chill Collection. These cooling mattresses work like magic with a cool-to-the-touch cover, zoned springs, and comfy foam layers. Say goodbye to restless nights and wake up refreshed. Lisa's Chill Mattresses beat the heat with ultra-cool covers that whisk away heat, so you always sleep just right. These hybrids blend up to 1,032 breathable springs and plush foams for the ultimate cooling and comfort. And the Chill Collection doesn't just feel great, it looks great, too with thoughtful design and pillowy quilt tops. No matter your budget, Lisa has a chill mattress for you. For a limited time, save up to $460 on chill mattresses and get two free pillows. iHeart listeners can save an extra $50 off by visiting lisa.com forward slash iHeart. That's L-E-E-S-A dot com forward slash iHeart. With Lisa, your purchase has purpose. Every year, Lisa donates thousands of mattresses to those in need. Exclusions apply. See lisa.com for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. We got this email from. Did you say what you can say his name? Clay, you say his first name. No. Clavon. Clavon. <laughs> With his black ass. Yeah, that is, that's <laughs> no question on what kind of person this is. Clavon, you black motherfucker. If there is a Clavon who's white, he is poor or like Dutch. Come on, man. <laughs> Take them clogs off and talk to us regular. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. This is from Clavon. We appreciate you, Clavon. Greeting lengths. It says greeting, not greetings, but that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. Clavon got a lot going on. Let Clavon do his thing. Our emails do tend to have crazy intros in general, right? Mm-hmm. I'd yeah. say so. A they good talk morrow, Kingsters. Yeah. <laughs> or whatever they say. 
The little mamas talk to us pretty crazy. I think part of it is that that we we're not kind to yeah. them, and so they they uh, retaliate, and then we get sensitive about uh, about how we go. How dare you speak to us this way? And and I don't know that we deserve much better with the way that we talk to them. No, honestly, and it's a dynamic I'm willing to keep up. To be honest, <laughs> like, yeah, I don't I mind that. I wouldn't sacrifice it even for a moment. Yeah, I really like it. All right. Greeting, Langston's and Langston and David. I bring to you a conspiracy theory today inspired by Beyonce's Renaissance World Tour, specifically Uh-oh. the Mute Challenge. During her performance of Energy, she sings, look around, everybody on mute, and pauses with her music and asks for the stadium to stay silent for mm-hmm. five seconds. To win the challenge, you must be quietest in the stadium in those five seconds. Some people are saying the reason that some cities, specifically predominantly white cities, fail the challenge is that white people are not used to following directions. Wow. Yeah, he says, uh, me personally, I don't subscribe to this as it implies black people are naturally more subservient. At the end of the day, it's a trend and some people are not chronically online compared to others. Would love to hear both of your thoughts on this. Love the podcast and the new set. Kind regards, Clayvon. Mm. Well, Clayvon, you you introduced some pretty complicated interpretations inside of this thing. He is both acknowledging the possibility that white people are uh, incapable of following directions, which obviously is interesting. That piqued my interest, certainly. But then the, the, the flip of that being that if black people are too good at following directions, we are sort of like regressing back to our slavish nature or some shit. And that's also complicated. So, damn. Yeah, I want to tread lightly. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Take your time, counselor. You're not, there's no clock. (laughs) I I mean, there is, it's running. I see it. We're at 19 Sure, yeah, yeah. no, these episodes are many, not uh, forever. Not maxi. So... (laughs) I think that a lot of times maybe white folks aren't super, like, present. They're not, like, in the moment as much. Mm. So that leads to maybe them not even, like, they're just like, we're at the Beyonce, guys. They don't even realize that the five-second challenge is, like, upon them. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like with the dancing thing where it's like they're just moving around. They can't even, because they're not paying attention to commit to the structure of rhythm. Yeah, it's more about the the joy and the energy of the experience and less about any of the sort of like uh, technical rules inside of the thing. Right. It's why they're not good at rap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Let me ask you this. While I'm going to make a, a slight step to the a, a tangent, if you will. Are you one of those people that that is uh, like Eminem is bad? Are you an Eminem is bad guy? Uh, by the way you phrased it, I feel like you're an Eminem is good guy, first of all. I think. I uh, think. Well, that, I'll let you answer and then I'll tell you what I think. So this is funny. This just came up with somebody else yesterday. This is so weird. Uh, I think the technical skill of rapping, like rhyming words, I think he is good. And like in double and triplicate or whatever else. I think the content is not great. Mm. 
And you you feel that way from beginning to end of his career? I think so, yeah. I mean, I think that, like, when I was 12, it was shocking that a fat lady tried to swallow his leg hole like a fucking egg roll. <laughs> right, right. That is shocking. It was like, wow, I can't believe he's saying this stuff. Oh, whoa, this guy's crazy. Yeah, but as an adult, I don't find myself ever going back to it. I really don't find myself being like, bars. Like, mm. it's so funny. This conversation came up and we were talking about. Or was it me and you? So I was talking with somebody about that Renegade song. Oh. Where everybody's like, and even Nas was like, Eminem murdered you on your host. He he ate Jay-Z up on his own shit. But when you go back and listen to it, did he? Or did he just say some shit that sounds salacious? Yeah. Like, did he just say, take a bath with the Catholics and holy water? And everybody was like, whoa, he's talking about Mormons and Catholics. This must be crazy. And then Jay literally said on that song, do you listen to music or do you just skim through it? And it's like, yeah, I think if you just skim through it, you listen to that verse and you're like, oh, my God, Eminem's crazy. But if you listen for bars, Jay, I think, got him on that song. Okay, here's what I'll say. I I don't fully disagree with some of what you're saying, that I do think that Eminem, certainly at his silliest shit, was just a dude saying like it was imagination weirdo stuff more than it was like anything that I'd be like bars or wanting to revisit. Like, you know, you go back and listen to any of like that slim shady shit and it's just yeah. like, all right, man, I yeah, you're just you're being wacky yeah. more than you are like saying anything of substance. Fun songs but, though. Fun songs. Really fun songs, but not necessarily ones that I'm like eager to like go re-experience. I'm happy when they come back on because I go, oh, nostalgia, thank you, right, whatever. Right, right. But I'm not like desperate to go re-download the, the albums so that I can hear them again. That said, I do think that there is a... Uh, there's a little bit of an icky thing that happens with new generations where they decide that like everything of old is is whacker than the thing that came that is currently here. Right. And I don't like that where like it became like sort of like a generational agreement of everybody being like Eminem sucks. And it's like, guys, he may not be the god of hip hop that like he was presented as when he was presented. And obviously there's a weird racial complication happening inside of this that a dude who's, to your point, not even the best rapper is still the greatest selling rapper of up to a a point before Drake comes along, whatever the fuck. And Drake probably makes it complicated too. That said, he was good at rap. He was fucking good at it and made some really good songs and we all liked it. Top three Eminem songs. My top three? Yeah. Uh, the Way I Am still. Uh, Whoa. I love that. You and... emo bitch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I remember thinking that song was like, I remember singing it like on the football bus. Yeah, I remember sitting in the back of my dad's Honda Civic wearing a Disman <laughs> being like, this fucking guy gets it. Yeah, this... looking out the window. <laughs> Langston, do you want some Burger King? I am whoever you say I am, man. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I fucking love that song, man. I love Stan. Stan was huge Stan for me. Stan is great. Stan is really, really And great. that was innovative as fuck. Yeah. As like a, you know what I mean? Like speaking through this character and shit and then him being himself in the song. And it, it was all fucking, he did some cool shit, He man. did. He said a lot of shit. He said a lot of shit that I thought was crazy and still think is crazy at the time. What was that song he said where he said, I want the president dead? Fuck it, I said presidents. I remember that shit scared me. That's what I'm saying, man. And I think because we have like this generation of of like now edge lords and sort of like people who can push buttons in a more specific way to the way we live now, yeah. it's not shocking to be like kill the president anymore. Right. But in 1998, it really bro, I was, was gripping my my seat like this is insane. That's true. I think there's something to be said for like pushing boundaries. Also, the like spot. The position of provocateur was not one that a lot of people courted like it is now. No. Does that make Because I've always kind of, I always kind of find provocateurs boring. But like, I think that's because coming up that we've seen them like increase triplicate. You know what I mean? There's so many now. So it's like, it's like, because it's like, I do think it's boring to be an edge sword. I think it's boring to just be like, Here's the edge. I have no rhyme or reason. I'll just step past it. I don't think that's Absolutely. what Eminem was doing. I think I he was think being so his weirdo bad self. Because you know he was a bad kid. He was a bad, bad kid. Yeah, he was a dude on drugs from a trailer park, truly saying some shit that he was like, yo, this is interesting to me. Yeah. This is this is who the fuck I am to some extent. And do I I 100% agree with you. Part of my issue with Edgelord is it, it's a person who is fascinated with pushing the realm of comfort for everybody around them. I think that motherfucker was just talking. Yeah, I think Eminem was just talking. I think most provocateurs, I think it's very it's formulaic. It's a formula. Yeah, I think they're they're fascinated. To your point, maybe they're more fascinated with the reaction than they are with the actual like pushing of boundaries. And in that way, it's just like, okay, well, I I've already covered the word cunt, so now how can I push that into something that's going to make you more uncomfortable or right, or right, right. further unsettled in all of this shit? Yeah, I mean, all that being said. Man, I'm really not going back and listening to Eminem like that. No, <laughs> nor am I. <laughs> like, I don't. <laughs> Let me be clear. I know Eminem acolyte. I'm not trying to get motherfuckers to go back and listen. That nigga was spitting. That's not the vibes over here. But I am saying it's corny to me that a bunch of people are pretending like Eminem just couldn't rap at all. Yeah, he could rap for sure. And he could freestyle and nobody can anymore. You know, nobody even tries to freestyle. Yeah. Anymore. So it's like, yeah, he had the. You know, he, you know, he was, uh, I think, yeah, you put his jersey in the rafters. Put his jersey in the rafters and then put a couple asterisks on it because he made Lil Dicky and fucking, you know. Did he make Lil Dicky? I feel like. I think he made him in concept, right? Like he. I don't think so because like, I don't think. So, okay. Now we're just, this is just what we're talking about at this point. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry, <I> Clavon. <laughs> I I don't think Little Dicky's in the same vein as Eminem at all. I think that Little Dicky, I don't know. I don't feel like he was ever immersed in the culture. Nor do I feel like 
I get the feeling that he has a huge amount of respect for the culture and that I imagine him being a post Malone type where if he could, he would step away and do something uh, uh, immediately. But that's yeah, not, but that's not how Eminem is. No, I don't think Eminem has any interest in stepping away from hip hop culture. But I also think that I would argue that it's again, a generational thing, right? That like hip hop has become pop culture in a way that it was not when Eminem first started. He was sort of, in some ways, one of the liaisons to making it the biggest right. form of music. And so in that way, there was nothing to step away from it from, which is why he spent so much of his career shitting on Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera and NSYNC and all these other guys because the equivalent, the white equivalent to him was literally the most offensive thing that could exist in hip hop, right? Right. Alternatively, a little Dicky can step away and still quote unquote identify with popular music and popular culture. And so he doesn't feel any obligation to learn about black people in a genuine way or feel connected to the the roots of hip hop. Because it's like, nah, this is just pop music, bro. I made yeah. pop. Yeah, I feel like he just learned how to rap. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And that's uh irritating. it's whack. <laughs> I think it's pretty whack, but I I just don't know that it's um you know what I mean? I don't I don't know that the solution is rooted in being like, oh, he he doesn't give a fuck and this dude did as much right. as it is like nah, he figured out where his bag lives and and that's that. And honestly, to all you guys listening, that's all we're trying to do. Wait till we figure out how to make a million dollars off of this. I'm selling the fuck out. Yeah, I'm not staying loyal to none of y'all. Come on, who are you? <laughs> I don't know nobody. I have a plane now. If we make a million dollars, Joe Rogan's coming on immediately. Yep. <laughs> 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 I'm be like, nah, this dude got some good ideas. Yeah, he's a smart guy. <laughs> and he loves black people. That's why he was saying that word so much. <laughs> well, Langston, I think we've done it. I don't know. We didn't even address our boy Clavon in the slightest. Let's let's at least cover oh, okay. uh, a tidbit of Clavon. I think to the question, and I, I'm struggling to even remember what the question was at this point. White people following directions. I do think, and maybe this, we can wrap this all into the Eminem of it all, right? Okay. Yes. I, I think there's a way that this Lil Dicky and, and Eminem and all of this can be folded into it. I do think that white people have had the benefit of living completely independent of laws and rules and all kinds of things that is hard to untie from their own self-identity, right? That like literally this country was built by a bunch of dudes agreeing not to follow directions. And so <laughs> it is not possible for them not, they refer to these motherfuckers as their forefathers and wrote a constitution based off of their line of thinking. And so it's hard for them to not see themselves as people sort of championing that at all times. Whereas Black people, I think, unfortunately, have been forced into a life where we are at least constantly aware of the rules that we are choosing to break when we're breaking them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that I like that actually. I no notes. 
Hell yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That said, do I think white people are capable of following the rules? I do. I think that's why they're so uh, vocal, frankly, when rules are being broken or, or laws are not being held up to the way that they expect. But I don't think that they always respect the rules that are being instituted by people who they consider to be less than. And sometimes even Beyonce can be less than to white people. Yeah, that's reasonable. I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Eminem sucks. (laughs) (laughs) No. That was very grown up. That was very, all very good. Yeah. So, Clavon, I hope that that answers your question. If there are white people yelling at the Renaissance tour, just know that it is, it's it's inside them. And and I don't know that they're incapable, but they certainly have a, a real hard time untying that from who they are yeah did you you went didn't you i did how was yeah. it it was great i didn't i'll be honest for the uh <laughs> everybody on oh, mute no. moment oh, i didn't no. say shit i didn't say shit oh, but no. i also i also didn't i didn't realize it was happening till it, i was like halfway in it then i was like oh okay cool i'm glad i wasn't singing along because <laughs> i would have just kept on singing <laughs> Yeah, I get it. It's overwhelming at a concert. There's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. I was, you know, I'm, I wasn't paying attention. And then everybody was on mute. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. Me too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> you want to tell the people where they can find you and what cool shit you have going on? Uh, cool Guy Jokes 87 on Instagram. This Friday and Saturday, you can see me at Sisyphus Brewing in Minneapolis, Minnesota. And that's the end of my tour. I got, like, some other little dates. So headlining Denver Comedy Works November 12th, some shit like that. But that's it. Tour's over. You missed it. Damn. So go go see Bori uh, on that last date if you live in Sisyphus. What the fuck? Minia- in Minneapolis. In Minneapolis. <laughs> if you live in Minneapolis, go see Bori because <laughs> it's almost done. And, and bring that motherfucker a plate, man. He ain't got enough plates out of y'all. And I, I want to see him. I want to see him get food poisoning right at the end. It can happen to anybody. And oh, shout wanna... out to my man who bought the sweet potato pie in Springfield. I see you, dog. New Orleans, you look great for fifty. <laughs> uh, and if you want to follow me, follow me at Langston Kerman on all platforms. And uh, you can, if you want to see me live, you can come out to Burlington, Vermont, Vermont Comedy Club, November 10th and 11th. And then Hyenas Comedy Club in Dallas, Texas, November 17th and 18th. And as always, we we have a YouTube, we have a TikTok, we have an Instagram, we have all the shit that we would love for y'all to be tracking us on. We've made an agreement that we are going to be posting actively on all Ooh, of these. Oh, it's about to go crazy. All of these sites. So if you're interested in seeing a bunch of shit you haven't seen on our personal uh, Instagrams and, and TikToks and shit, this is the best time to start following and if you want to send us your own drops, your own conspiracy theories, if you want to advocate for Eminem being the greatest rapper of all time, send it all to mymamapod at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. That's the whole shebang. We Bye, it. bitch. Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode.
Motherfucking mini episode. Mini episode. Motherfucking mini episode. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Anne Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Only in theaters this Friday. Visit the American Society of Magical Negroes film.com to get tickets now. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. <laughs> Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. 